sending him back to Watts, LA, to report to his PO each day was like the setup for him to get murdered. If someone recognizes you being from a rival gang, they're going to shoot you. He has committed a crime by running, but as far as a gun hurting somebody, no. He's not out there buckwilding crazy. Frank's mother says her son has left the state now to start a new life away from the violence. But Lisa LaPierre wants him back in custody until his 25th birthday in December. How you doing tonight, Frank? I'm blessed on this nice Friday, getting ready for the weekend, see what this football gang's bring this week, and um, looking forward to chatting with you guys and finishing up this story. The year is 2005, May the 25th. While I'll never forget this day, not only was it the day that I was released from doing my 10 years, but also this is the day before my sister's 21st birthday. Emotionally, I was nervous. You know, I'm not really ready. Like how you seen Shang Shaw Redemption, you know, when Red and them come home, it's trauma because this has yeah. been my life for 10 years. You know, I've done this more than anything else on a consistent basis being incarcerated. Would you have considered yourself institutionalized with that much time? Still to this day, I do things from the institution that I was trained and learned behavior, like things, for example, never coming home the same way. Like, and why I will try to walk different paths, like walking the track, I would never form a routine. It would always be different. So people couldn't choose when and where to get me by knowing my schedule. Things like uh, showering with uh, boxers in the shower still. Cartoon from Avalon that was on y'all show, he still has that issue too. Yep. The PTSD. The dream still to this day, I dream of things that I witnessed in that place at 15, 16, 19, 20, 21, 22. I really didn't believe in my plan. Like I, my plan was to parole to my pastor's house, my pastor Sandman, get a job at his job with what he was doing was collecting repos. Like, so if you owed on your car, he'd let you know that repo coming. So you got it, like collected debts. But I felt that my loyalty to all of my YA baby friends who I've seen coming home would derail that because I was paroling to Long Beach in the heart of Eastside Longohood which is one of the most racialist, shoot first, ask questions later neighborhoods. I'm moving with a pastor. So having the homies over to have a 40 or, or hang out, that was out of the question. Pretty tough to do. It was like, it was time for me to really walk the walk. And I was nervous. 
parole, they let you go at six o'clock. So I was walked out the gate. I had so much property as far as books, pictures. I needed a, a escort. One of the homies had to come help me take the stuff to the front gate to get all my stuff out of there. And I remember my mom saying, baby, don't you want to start new? I'm like, no, this isn't some of this stuff I still have. Like the shoes that I walked out with that day are in my closet. Still, 20-something years, I still got the shoes I came home in. That's part of an institutionalization. That, even though that has nothing to do with you, that's coming home. What I My mom bought me those in the parking lot I put these shoes on. But still, keeping those shoes, I, I simulate that with being incarcerated. Like, that's why I keep them so I never forget what it felt like walking out in these shoes, you know? The Kanye West, George Bush don't like Black people. This is that whole time. Like I say, the Lakers got Shaq, Kobe, Carl Malone, Gary Payton. We know there's a parade coming. I just knew in my heart the Lakers was going to win. Hurricane Katrina survivors were going to be out of the Superdome. Those conditions were going to get better. I tried to keep a hopeful insight, even though everything started to look doomed from losing game one, people starting to be raped and murdered at the Metro Dome during this time. Because they just threw all the people from Hurricane Katrina in Louisiana and some of the worst parts of the United States as far as murder racing, gangs, and drugs. And they're all in the in the, a Superdome, in the stadium. It got bad. And for me, it took me one night. <laughs> I come home. Now the plan was my parole officer, because it was a Friday, my parole officer say, "Don't you ain't got to worry about coming in until Monday." So my pastor say, "I will stay with my moms that Friday night, Saturday night, spend that, and he'll come get me Saturday, Sunday morning for church, take me to my new establishment, and start my new life." When I walk into the house, there's a girl sitting on my mama couch, pretty girl, thick girl. I ain't seen a girl that wasn't wearing a badge and a uniform in many years, and you sitting in the spot. And she got a bunch of kittens, cats. I think that's why I still got a cat to this day. So <laughs> I'm, what do they call it? Like how I was with Miss Cheryl when she forgave me and let me go to fire camp. I'm smitten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm troubled that my sister is rushing to get out for her birthday like she has plans and it's nothing my whole time my last two years i've been thinking about what we were going to do together to reconnect and coming home on my first day and she brings some little scrub up in here talking about she finna go spend her birthday with this dude she met three weeks ago i quickly seen through and like i say this is my first night out and 
I seen this dude when I don't know him. How old is he? Who's you? Where are you from? I got 21 questions. Like if I'm still incarcerated, I want to see paperwork, driver license, all that. He like, no, I'm finna just take her over here on Hoover to go get some weed. We way in Compton. So I'm like, oh, bro, I'm fresh out. I want to go see what Hoover look like over there. It's been some years. So I'm gonna roll with y'all. He's like, oh, I don't know if my homies would be accepting of you over there. I said, what, what, what Hoover? 74, H-5, what street? He say, oh, it really don't matter because uh, we don't mess with outsiders. I say, well, that don't matter. This is my sister, bro. You know her three weeks. I'm going to go. And he was shocked and amazed when we rode up and I knew everybody. They like, you finally home. <laughs> Greeted with open arms. <laughs> like, that let me know, like, it would have went all bad if they would have disrespected me or robbed me or beat me up. I think I would have become a killer and been in prison. But that first interaction was straight. I'm on 50, 51st and Figueroa. Like, a horrible area. <laughs> and these Who's are gangsters. Five dudes gangster crip. They telling me this dude ain't even like, oh, that's the homie cousin. He ain't from the hood. I was all he was trying to tell me I'm gonna come over here and get killed. And I put it on extra. Like, man, you let him know, man. I'm the white baby. But that interaction right there, along with because it went all bad when we got back home. She was like, Well, I'm gonna go smoke with him. Okay. So she left me there with the cat lady. Who name just happened to be Katrina. Oh. She's telling me about how her boyfriend, he beat her up and la, 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 la. Push, kind of shove. Next thing you know, we in the back in the laundry room, bumping and grinding. My first time <laughs> with a, with some time. You know, I got a little couple of sums while I was inside, but it wasn't nothing like being able to sit down with a real woman and do my thing. She's telling me all about her boyfriend who happens to be from Long Beach. Now, remember, I'm going to be moving to Long Beach. But he's from Insane Crip, who has no business where I'm at. I'm in the Longos, who would, it's nothing, no reason why he should be over there. So I was like, okay, that's not a threat. Because I'm doing my, and this is, I still do this today. This is part of that institutionalization. It's like a background check. I want to know who you know who you slept with, what hood you been to, what enemies you been around. And it's not out of fear, it's out of caution. You know, I want to be able to say, you know, you shouldn't bring that person over here when I have this person over here. It's a safety concern more so than me being worried. Because like I said, I've been from the Fidus Hoovers to the Rolling Sixties to the Santana Blocks on feet in these neighborhoods, fresh out. And every time I ran into my white babies and I've been respected and accepted everywhere. I fall in love with this girl that night. <laughs> 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 my sister never came back home. So me and her end up sleeping on the flu time together. And, um, she was asleep actually when my sister came in anymore. I'm wide, baby. I'm up six in the morning, cup of coffee in hand. And uh, I want to marry your homegirl. <laughs> my homegirl, that's my bitch. What you talking about? Huh? 
And she had the audacity when I turned my head to try to wake her up to be like, what is she talking about? This is your girlfriend. You my girlfriend. And she hit me upside the head with a phone. Day it two. Was, <laughs> man. What we like to call the wake up. You know, it's one day in the wake up. And he gave this girl two black eyes. Then punched on the little dude. Then like, where he coming? What's going on? What you mean? What's going on? And I'm gonna take it out on you. All could have had me back in wide. But now keep in mind, I paroled 2005 May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. They only had till December to do anything with me. So once I turned 25, they cut me loose. I would have appreciated that if they would have just let me smoke weed, not check in, not report, because they did nothing for me. Now, if they had a job, some resources, or um, a, a car, probably a, a possible apartment with a, a an incentive, then I probably would have not mind going to this neighborhood. The parole office sits on 92nd and Central. This is 77th Division of the LAPD. If I was to stand in front of the parole office, there's a store called the Liquor Bank right directly across the street from the parole office. This is where the Bebop Watts and the Swan Bloods gang feud started with a murder at that liquor bank. Sinister from Swan has been killed right there at that liquor bank. I could name multiple people. And weekly, based on I was high risk, three times a week, you want me to catch the bus over here? From Long Beach. So I'm going through Longo, Insane, 20s, through all of Compton, just to get to Watts. When she got a car, the parole officer, she can come test me in Long Beach. She can come see me here. But from what she told me, because the parole officer who, when I got out, was a staff member in Nellis, Miss Ware. She used to be a, a correctional officer. So when they shut the YAs down, she transitioned to a juvenile parole officer. So I, I hit her up when I turned 25, like, why was you busting my balls? She told me this came from the directive from the governor's office to... to press me as hard as they could. So I abided to these issues now. And keep in mind, the girl Katrina is living with me in Long Beach now. <laughs> so I'm on three weeks out. She came up with a big old lie basically to get me and my pastor to her house where she shared with the insane crypto to go get her property. She's like, it's official. I proposed to her. The pastor gave me his ring that he gave to his wife, the engagement ring. Like, I gave this to this woman. And she lies to me to tell me she her intentions was to get her property. She did go get her property, but her intentions was to steal this man's cocaine, his gun. Like, I know none of this. And where I should have known, this is, shows you how vulnerable and negligent, I'm not uh, 
gullible I was still coming fresh home, she tell me that he told her to climb through the window because he don't want her to make a copy of the key. I should have known something right wow. there was fishy. And she didn't climb through the window. She wanted me to climb through the window. So the manager sees me climb through the window and calls the police. I'm on high-risk parole. Shit. Days out. Police come. But keep in mind, my pastor's there too, though. This is a man of God on the church. He's got everything legitimate. And we both have no clue of what she was in there doing. So now, keep in mind, they got me hemmed up. She's standing right there with a purse with a 357 in it and a half an ounce of cocaine. Standing right there. <laughs> I have no idea. Talk my way out of it. So we get back. She say, look what I have for you. I don't want that. I can't do that. She said, well, you always complaining about how dangerous it is going to the parole. Woman, I got the Bible. <laughs> So remember, we stay in Longo. And this is crazy, I swear. Like three days before I go on the run, remember the gun, she had the gun. Now, that same day she offered me the gun and I hid it in the fireplace. I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with it. I went to the store to go get, we were smoking, what was it? Jewel Sweets at the time. I went to go get me a Jewel Sweet and the Longos got at me real hard disrespectfully like this is that's riot material where i come from like hey homie we don't appreciate my athletes in our neighborhood i like, mean i'm a blood i'm a sangre homie it's like all right homie this line go though like okay i need some bullets for this gun now <laughs> it almost deterred me and now i see if you can google this here too my buddy i was in camp with his name is james tuggle and we clicked in camp because his daddy got killed by the police, like my daddy. And we always used to talk about if we ever went out, we was gonna shoot at the police. And I see James Tuggle, like, I'm coming out one day, I'm spooked looking for uh, these Longos now. Like, damn. And I'm looking for the police because I have the gun on me with no bullets in it, though. Like, I'm gonna pull it out and hopefully they flinch and I can grab theirs. So I'm back in the element. And I see this trash truck roll by and the trash man mad dogging me like, damn, what the hell? I'm like, he might think I'm from Longo and he might be from Insane or something. The, it started backing up. Beep, beep. Like, what the hell? James Tuggle from camp. Money Mall, man, you don't remember me? This is 20 something years. But it was my boy Strange. And I explained to him the situation. And he said, man, homie, he told, cause I, I told him about Lisa when we was in camp. Cause remember it happened before I got locked up. He was like, oh, I'll tell him the story. When it had some beers that night and everything. And he told me, man, I have arsenal. And he was from East Coast in camp. Now he was from a gang called uh, West Boulevard, Long Beach Boulevard Mafia. So we was 14, he was from there. He moved to Long Beach, he said at 16 and been from there since then. And I wish I'd have known that night. My first day seeing him was my last time because he got killed that next day. The cold thing, he didn't want to bring me no damn bullets. So he's like, I'm going to swing by in the morning before I go 
And the police knew he, they know he's not supposed to be over there because that's Longo. A shootout transpired and they killed my boy. Shit. Holy shit. I felt so bad. Like, remember Loco, the tattoo, Miss Sherwin would have never got, the, this is what I'm thinking about when I'm seeing it all on the news because it happened right up the street. I'm like, what the hell happened to Paz? Like, somebody got killed by the police up there. And I didn't know his car. Like I said, I just seen him the night before. And it put something heavy on my heart. 